Welcome to Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell, bringing you the latest information for families seeking to adopt, adoptees, and women considering placing a child for adoption. Now, with today's program, here is Marty Caldwell. Well, thank you for tuning in today. I'm Marty Caldwell. I'd like to also invite you to our website, letstalkadoption.com, where you can learn more about adoption and listen to past shows. Copies of our previous topics are available for purchase also on the site. And remember, if you have questions about adoption, send me an email at info at letstalkadoption.com, and I will get back to you regarding answers and answer them also on the air. Today, we'll be talking about forgiveness and overcoming hurt, allowing you to move forward. This is not only for adoption, but many of us um, deal with past hurts. Almost, If you're human, you deal with hurts and, and having to come to a point in our life when we have to forgive somebody and get past something that's happened to us uh, in our life. Today, our guest is Dr. David E. Nearing, a licensed psychologist, a clinical psychologist on staff at Sioux Falls uh, Psychological Services in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, He has a degree in theology and psychology and has served as a military psychologist in the United States Air Force and is serving in schools and prisons also as a ministry. Dr. Neuring speaks on marriage, family, and forgiveness issues. He has been married to his lovely wife for 20 years, and he has a, his oldest daughter is a missionary in an orphanage in Romania, too. So welcome to Let's Talk Adoption, Dr. Neuring. Thanks, Marty. It's a pleasure to have you here today. You know, in the last 20 years of my adoption work, I have seen so many people that struggle with past hurts, pain, and inability to let go and forgive, that they either make themselves sick or make the people around them sick. Uh, including their children, spouses, employees, employers. Um, I'd sure like to see more people understand what forgiveness looks like and how they can free themselves into a brighter future. Uh, Is that possible? Oh, I think so, Marty. I think that uh, there's a lot to be understood about forgiveness. I think there's a lot of research going on. Uh, I've been working with it uh, now for quite a few years in my clinical practice, and that's where I'm speaking from is Mm -hmm. the work that I do in clinical practice. And it's been wonderful to see the kind of healing and change that you can see in people's lives when they actually do the work of forgiveness. And that's, you know, the work, there is some work. It doesn't just happen by osmosis. Oh, certainly. In fact, I I talk about it as being really a discipline, Mm -hmm. you know, something that you do intentionally on purpose that requires uh, practice, it requires a little bit of training, and it requires doing things that aren't necessarily natural or easy. So you might have to have uh, some type of uh, some help with that, like a coach, just to show you something that you're maybe not familiar with when you get into, you know, forgiving and, and making this part of your daily life. Oh, well, certainly. You know, I think an important part of life is to recognize that we're not intended to go through these things alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why we have family. That's why we have friends. That's why we have a church is, mm-hmm. you know, we're intended to walk together. Right. And so there needs to be someone there for you because y- you can't see uh, something that you're involved in yourself object- objectively. I mean, even in clinical practice, we uh, frequently counsel one another, say, hey, are you doing your own work, or do you have someone that you can talk to? Right. Um, so no one's immune from that. That's, that's part of being human. Right. You know, you could have selected any area to go into. What caused you to get involved in the area of forgiveness in, in your daily work? Well, I was. Uh, it really began when I was working as an active duty uh, officer in, in the uh, Air Force, and I was working out at a uh, base in New Mexico. And as I worked with people, uh, I worked with a lot of worked with a lot of couples, as I still do. And one of the things that was significant about that time is that people would have violations in relationships. 
Now, that's particularly a problem in the military because there's, there's a lot of uh, marital divorce, uh, a lot of uh, family breakup, and that doesn't really help anyone. It creates a lot of heartache. It causes a lot of problems. But a lot of the, a lot of the uh, writing that I saw at the time really talked more about setting boundaries in relationships, asserting yourself, working on communication. Mm-hmm. And in the end, if, if the, the relationship is violating, uh, you drop that relationship and walked on. Mm-hmm. And to me, that sounded like kind of treating people as commodities, mm-hmm. as things. And people aren't things, and relationships are not optional. Mm-hmm. Um, during that same time, that was um, the period when there was a lot of uh, inner child work going on. And it seemed to me that a lot of what happened was people were sort of divorcing themselves from their parents, from their family, and other folks. And while that that does need to happen in some cases, in most cases what works a whole lot better is uh, forgiveness. I didn't hear a whole lot about forgiveness in my training in early clinical work. So I began to kind of look at it myself in the work that I I did, really looking at the concept of what is a, a really heartfelt act of forgiveness look like? Mm-hmm. What is a heartfelt apology, and what's heartfelt forgiveness? Mm-hmm. Can people fake it? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of times people know that they should. They're trying to fulfill an image. They're trying to forgive. They want to forgive, mm-hmm. but they don't understand that they actually have to do some things to accomplish this act of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to make some changes, and they're going to have to do some things intentionally. Do you think that uh, in the church that there is a there is a breakdown in the church as far as forgiveness and do do pastors understand this or or you know lay counselors? I think what happens is that pastors very rightly try to preach the word in, in from the pulpit, uh, but they a lot of times are concerned with how that's going to come across to their congregations. They're really worried about stepping on toes. A lot of them are basically employees in an employment situation. Uh, they feel under a lot of pressure. They feel conviction themselves, uh, where they have uh, tried to forgive and failed. Uh, and they're trying to speak to a, a broad uh, swath of, of people, so they, they keep it kind of abstract. They don't necessarily get into the specifics and, and concretes of how do you actually go about forgiving. Mm-hmm. And so they, they, they fail a lot of times their congregation because they don't have the tools for that, um, you know, which is really hard. And I know that you've talked about writing a book on this, and I think I, it would definitely encourage you to, to, to move toward that because I think it's really needed because if you really are honest, you know, if we're honest with each other, we all have areas that we need to forgive in our life. Um, and so it's, it's something that is as calm as breathing. Oh, it definitely. It's, it's something that uh, the, the Word teaches this in, in Matthew six fourteen and 15. You know, it's, it actually says that if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. And, and that kind of brings us up short. I mean, that's mm-hmm. not what we expect to see mm-hmm. in the New Testament when we're thinking about a loving God. Right. But, but it's, it ma- I'm sorry? Go ahead. Well, it makes perfect sense because if you do not see that forgiveness is necessary and central important in a relationship, and you are going to demand that your relation, your relationships be controlled by absolute justice, then sort of the measure you give is the measure you get. You know, mm-hmm. that's going to be the, na- the, the rules of the, grain, of the game by your own definition. Right. And as a result, that really gets in the way of our walk with God. Well, the whole point of the New Testament is to be clear that walking with God and having Him real in our life is not an optional thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the very thing that allows us to escape from a sense of, 
of, of, of emptiness, annihilation, and guilt, and futility, and all those things that tend to destroy our lives. So this forgiveness thing is, is not just important, it's really vital. Well, you know, it is vital, and I, I see a lot of hopeful adoptive parents that struggle with forgiveness, bitterness. They can't forgive their partners, um, God, or their parents, uh, or they're upset about their infertility. What can you share with someone struggling with these issues in their heart that they they may be in their 30s or 40s and they're still struggling with, you know, my spouse is infertile, I, you know, I've been through the divorce or, um, you know, my parents forced me to place a child for adoption or have an abortion. What do you what do you say to someone that can help them? Well, the first thing is to recognize that they are, in fact, struggling with forgiveness. A lot of people don't realize they are because they're not recognizing some of the hallmarks, which are things like bitterness, uh, resentment, uh, anger, cynicism, Mm -hmm. anger that's kind of going on, Uh, sometimes even things like depression, uh, anxiety, uh, believe it or not, will sometimes eventually trace back to uh, forgiveness issues. So it's just breaking it down and having someone to facilitate that. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's really important for someone to be honestly reflecting back to them, hey, you know, I'm hearing this, this bitterness, this resentment in your heart, and that kind of sounds to me like there's a, a violation that really, really hurts you, uh, and that's maybe you need to do some forgiving there. What do you think about that? And it's hard because if you've been hurt, it's hard to trust someone with that very innermost part of your, your being, uh, you know, a, a therapist, a counselor, a pastor, uh, or even a, even dear friend, um, because if you've been hurt, you, you're always looking for more hurt to come upon your life. So it, it can be difficult for people, but if they just take that step and find someone safe they can speak to, I think that really is the first step, don't you think? Oh, I, I think that that is important, is to, to, make, that, to uh, make that step of trust. The thing is, that is the very essence of forgiveness, though, is reestablishing relationship. Mm-hmm. And the, the reality of relationship is trust. Right. You know, you don't first have trust and then you have relationship. You have relationship, and that's what actually man- manifests the trust. Mm-hmm. But beyond simply recognizing that there is a forgiveness issue, I think the next thing is to really talk about the expectations, the hopes, the dreams, uh, what they were wanting in, in life, what they desired. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's, when it comes to people struggling with infertility, um, it's a it's a hard hard thing for somebody who is you know doing pretty good in life financially have a decent relationships things going well they're acting responsibly and now here they cannot get pregnant produce a child uh, in the same way that you know the thirteen fourteen year old mm-hmm. down the street can seem to do without thinking right and that just is a, it's a very very bitter pill to swallow for someone to realize. This can't happen in my life when it, and we'll put that in quotes, should, mm-hmm. when for this person that it should, shouldn't, it's happening all over the it place. It just doesn't seem fair, but, you know, that happens, and life is not fair, but it's, it's a matter of putting perspective and getting that help because you can get past that. And there, you know, um, many times I know as an adoptive mom, there's a reason for my, I've lost seven pregnancies, that I had those seven pregnancy losses because I was supposed to help others, and I have my children now because of that. But people can't see that at that time, too. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue on because you've got more helpful tips for people that are trying to get past, um, you know, the pain and hurt of their past. So we'll be right back after this quick break. On my 18th birthday... 
I made a decision that would affect me forever. I chose life for my baby. I wasn't ready to be a mom or even to change my dreams of being a singer. Many of my friends offered to help me in my pregnancy. But then I learned about another option that provides a beautiful life for my baby, adoption. I was able to choose my son's parents and even meet them at the hospital. They love him so much and he's an answer to their prayers. I get emails and pictures from them. I even travel to visit my son each year. He has wonderful parents, an awesome life, and a solid future. Everything I wanted for him. And now, I've even moved to Nashville to follow my dreams. I chose life. I chose adoption. Open adoption means you make the choices. Choose the adoptive family, how much contact you want, and how you want the adoption to happen. To learn more about adoption, call 1-800-923-6784 or visit LifetimeAdoption.com. You can speak with a compassionate counselor confidentially 24 hours a day. Call Lifetime at 1-800-923-6784. Welcome back to Let's Talk Adoption. I'm Marty Caldwell on KFIA AM 710. If you've just joined the program today, we're speaking with Dr. David Nearing, a licensed clinical psychologist about forgiveness and overcoming hurt, allowing you to move forward. Before we continue, I want to mention um, our adoption resource guide for those hoping to adopt, adoptingonline.com, which is a book that I did write um, to really help people that wanted to move um into adoption. It's available at local bookstores, Barnes and Noble, Amazon.com, and the book site adoptingonline.com. This is a valuable resource to get you started into successful adoption. So, Dr. Nearbring, before we left, we were talking a little bit about how, you know, getting someone to help you and really admitting that you need this help um, is really key. And that many of us do struggle at different times in our life on this. I have an email here from a listener. Uh, she says, Dear Marty, I'm, I was pregnant at 17. My parents threw me out of the house. My boyfriend left me, and I was pressured into a decision about my pregnancy that I didn't want to make. I'm finding it very hard to forgive my mother and father, even after 20 years. How do I go about letting go and getting on with my life? Dr. Nearing, what would you say to this listener? Well, first of all, my, my reaction is, is compassion, because I hear this story um, uh, I wouldn't say often, but now and again. It's, and you, you hear it 20, 25 years down the line. People are really struggling with this still. Uh, a couple things. First of all, there's a couple of, of important but lesser issues, and then I, I think a really important piece to this. I think this listener would do well to first grieve the loss of, of what she was needing at the time, as well as the hopes and dreams. I mean, the parents threw her out at 17. She's still a minor. She's still, in many ways, a, a child. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that those are hopes and dreams went out the, the window. Now, part of that went out with becoming pregnant, mm-hmm. but that didn't necessitate all the others going with it. Uh, another issue that's going on here is, is that there may be ongoing issues in, in relationships with the parents. A lot of times, forgiveness problems get uh, happen get hung up in that because there's ongoing problems in the relationship that get confused with the issues of the past, and those two get put together in the person's head, and it's hard to let go of the past when they feel it's going on in the present. It's hard to address the present uh, present because it's being sort of powered by the past. Hmm. Yes, it's just revolving mess. Exactly, and so it's important to, to find a way or get some help in kind of breaking those apart. It's like building a foundation on a already rocky, you know, or, or, or very 
crumbling foundation. You really can't. Exactly. If, if you build, as you build one there, you're going to find yourself doing work over and over and over and over mm-hmm. again. But there's the this issue really addresses the heart of forgiveness. You know, this this woman has to do for her grown-up parents what they did not do for her as a child in need. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's going to be the question of fairness and justice, and she was deeply hurt by their reaction to all of this. Right. She's, she's wounded inside by that, and, and she feels the deep unfairness of having to forgive them when in her moment of need, they did not forgive her. Mm. But that really is the heart of forgiveness. The heart of forgiveness is recognizing that the just measure that you're requiring inside is becoming an obstacle. You know, it's the whole concept of the law, that if you live by the law, you're going to find yourself, you know, either fighting it or beat down. In the end, it's not going to work in your own strength. Mm -hmm. Rather, you have to recognize that you're going to have to do something that they did not do, and you're not going to get that full measure of justice that you crave, Mm -hmm. but rather what you get instead is the wonders of a relationship based on grace and mercy. And all the possibilities that it opens up that get closed down when you do not uh, move forward with the forgiveness work. Right. And then finally, I think it's important that she recognize that as she sorts this through, she's going to have to acknowledge and sort through her part in all of this, which can often get obscured by the deep injury and hurt she felt by how her parents reacted. And the rejection she had from her parents, her boyfriend, and then it's, I don't know if she had an abortion, she placed the baby for adoption, but something happened in there that she had another loss. Oh, absolutely, and she doesn't say what that is, which which leads me to think it was something pretty devastating. Mm-hmm. And so there's that deep, compounding pain with that, and that's why the, in the task of forgiveness, it's not simply an action of acknowledging what was the violation, but just as important, it's important to look at what was the meaning of that, what was the impact, you know, what did that mean to you and how did you feel? Mm-hmm. That's really where the lion's share of the violation actually comes, right. is, is what did that mean to that person to be thrown out on the street, to not have any resources, and eventually to feel boxed into making decision that seems to have violated her integrity. Right, and everyone faces those, those uh, challenges differently, too. You know, what is the difference, uh, you know, understand the relationship between forgiving and forgetting? Some people say, well, I can forgive, but I sure can't forget. Yeah, and that's because I, I think there's a misunderstanding. The, there's two concepts of forgetting that I think are important, and, and it has to do with our concept of remembrance. In this society, in this culture, we think of for remembering and forgetting as a cognitive thing, you know, getting rid of the images in your head. Mm-hmm. If you go into a more ancient traditional time, for instance, in the Middle East, if you go and say, the Old Testament and the Bible, forgiving it, or I'm sorry, remembering and Forgetting means something different. What it means is to not walk in remembrance of. It's not acting out the reality of the situation. That's what it means to forget. To forget. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you don't remember it anymore. It means mm-hmm. that you're not walking out that remembrance. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times what needs to happen there is not so much that the person gets that out of their head, but rather they have addressed it in such a manner that if they can feel inside, okay, now it's been addressed in some meaningful way. So though they are remembering cognitively, they're not walking in remembrance. Mm-hmm, exactly, and they're, they, they have that clear definition there, too. What is the relationship between reconciliation, repentance, and forgiveness? Well, 
this is something that came up as I was looking carefully at the issues back at, when I was in active duty, that really repentance and forgiveness are sort of mirror images of each other. The tasks that happen in repentance are mirrored by the, ta- the, the things you have to do in forgiveness, and that they actually reflect one another as you go through. There's that same recognition of what happened. There's that same exploration of the power. There's that same working through the ownership of, of what's going on. And then there has to be a sense of where do we go from here? What is to be done next? Mm-hmm. There repentance that doesn't sort of bear fruit of repentance, where something is actually done, kind of rings pretty hollow. It's hard to think a person is serious about their repentance when they're laughing all the way to the bank. Mm-hmm. So in that same way, it's very difficult to actually let go unless the issue has actually been addressed in some way. Something has to be done. And how about the person's dead? How about if they, they're, they're no longer in your life? In that same way, you have to understand that forgiveness is not so much you're doing for the other person. It's something that you're doing within yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, a person doesn't have to be repentant for you to forgive. Mm-hmm. Okay? And the other person doesn't have to forgive you for you to be repentant. Okay? When that's, both them, that's really key. Can you repeat that again? <laughs> Right. A person doesn't have to be repentant for you to forgive. Mm -hmm. In the same way, the other person doesn't have to be forgiving when you repent. Mm -hmm. When both of them are happening, then we call that reconciliation. Mm -hmm. Reconciliation is when repentance and forgiveness are occurring at the same time. Mm -hmm. But when it's just happening one or the other, it's just repentance or forgiveness. But we're not responsible for actually affecting reconciliation. What we're responsible for... Uh, for is either repenting or forgiving. Mm-hmm. But we can't make this other person do anything. And we can't make him do anything. You're right. Share with us, you know, in this time we have left now, what is the first step? You know, we talked about, you know, identifying that we that there is something to forgive. What are some specific things people have to do to really forgive and move on with their life? Because a lot of people are really stuck. We've just got a few moments. What- I think it's really important that the person be clear, specific, and thorough about the facts of what happened, but then it's important for them to really explore the ripples, all the different ways that this has affected their life, their emotions, their relationships, all this other kind of stuff. That's where the real issues come out, and now they begin to get clear. And then they really need to say, okay, who's responsible for what? They need to sort all that stuff out before they're ready to really start addressing the situation and moving towards releasing and moving on. And I think that a lot of times will have to be with the counselor, because especially if the hurt came when they were very young, you know, and they may not have all the facts or the distorted, um, is to get as much information if possible. But I sometimes that, that's not possible. I, I think that counseling is very, very important in being able to get that kind of stuff out, because you need somebody who can listen carefully and help you sort that stuff out, and will take the time to go through it with you. Uh, I think so, too. If people would like to get a hold of you, uh, would you like them to contact um, us, uh, you through us, uh, it, or is there a website? They can do that, but I'd recommend uh, sfpsychological.org or at nabs.edu. And repeat that one more time. nabs.edu. Okay, nabs, okay. And that's great. I think this has been very, very helpful, and I really appreciate you being a guest today, uh, Dr. Nuring, on our show, and really bringing information to our listeners regarding, um, you know, letting go of hurt and moving forward, because so much of this is going to, you know, eat us apart, and I think a lot of our disease um, is involved in our, our illnesses are involved because we hold so much of this inside ourselves. 
a lot of stuff really boils down to, in the end, an, an inability or an unwillingness to forgive. Right, and I think there's some great books out there, and I hope that you will work, um, continue to work on the book that uh, we've spoken about in the past, um, because I think it's very much needed, too. Thank you again for being a guest on our show. And this is Marty Caldwell. Sign up for our weekly show update on our website at Let's Talk Adoption. Until next week, this is Marty Caldwell. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. For more adoption information, visit LifetimeAdoption.com or call 1-800-923-6784. That's 1-800-9-ADOPT-4. And tune in again next week at the same time for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell.